Letter sixty four of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends. Edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo. To Thomas Keats. Letter Findlay. August three, eighteen eighteen. Ah, mio ben. My dear Tom. We have made but poor progress lately, chiefly from bad weather, for my throat is in a fair way of getting quite well, so I have had nothing of consequence to tell you till yesterday, when we went up Ben Nevis, the highest mountain in Great Britain. On that account, I will never ascend another in this empire. Skadar is nothing to it, either in height or in difficulty. It is above four thousand three hundred feet from the sea level and fort william stands at the head of a salt-water lake consequently we took it completely from that level i am heartily glad it is done it is almost like a fly crawling up a wainscot imagine the task of mounting ten st paul's without the convenience of staircases we set out about five in the morning with a guide and the tartaning cap, and soon arrived at the foot of the first ascent, which we immediately began upon. After much fag and tug, and a rest, and a glass of whiskey apiece, we gained the top of the first rise, and saw then a tremendous chap above us, which the guide said was still far from the top. After the first rise, our way lay along a heath valley in which there was a lock, after about a mile in this valley we began upon the next ascent more formidable by far than the last and kept mounting with short intervals of rest until we got above all vegetation among nothing but loose stones which lasted us to the very top the guide said we had three miles of a stony ascent we gained the first tolerable level after the valley to the height of what in the valley we had thought the top and saw still above us another huge crag which still the guide said was not the top to that we made with an obstinate fag and having gained it there came on a mist so that from that part to the very top we walked in a mist the whole immense head of the mountain is composed of large loose stones thousands of acres before we had got halfway up we passed large patches of snow and near the top there is a chasm some hundred feet deep completely glutted with it talking of chasms they are the finest wonder of the whole they appear great rents in the very heart of the mountain though they are not being at the side of it but other huge crags arising round it give the appearance to nevis of a shattered heart or core in itself these chasms are fifteen hundred feet in depth and are the most tremendous places i have ever seen they turn one giddy if you choose to give way to it we tumbled in large stones and set the echoes at work in fine style sometimes these chasms are tolerably clear sometimes there is a misty cloud which seems to steam up and sometimes they are entirely smothered with clouds after a little time the mist cleared away 
but still there were large clouds about attracted by old ben to a certain distance so as to form as it appeared large dome curtains which kept sailing about opening and shutting at intervals here and there and everywhere so that although we did not see one vast wide extent of prospect all round we saw something perhaps finer these cloud veils opening with a dissolving motion and showing us the mountainous region beneath as through a loophole these cloudy loopholes ever varying and discovering fresh prospect east west north and south then it was misty again and again it was fair then puff came a cold breeze of wind and bared a craggy chap we had not yet seen though in close neighbourhood every now and then we had overhead blue sky clear and the sun pretty warm i do not know whether i can give you an idea of the prospect from a large mountain top you are on a stony plain which of course makes you forget you are on any but low ground the horizon or rather edges of this plain being above four thousand feet above the sea hide all the country immediately beneath you so that the next object you see all round next to the edges of the flat top are the summits of mountains of some distance off as you move about on all sides you see more or less of the near neighbour country according as the mountain you stand upon is in different parts steep or rounded but the most new thing of all is the sudden leap of the eye from the extremity of what appears a plain into so vast a distance on one part of the top there is a handsome pile of stones done pointedly by some soldiers of artillery i climbed on to them and so got a little higher than old ben himself it was not so cold as i expected yet cold enough for a glass of whisky now and then there is not a more fickle thing than the top of a mountain what would a lady give to change her headdress as often and with as little trouble there are a good many red deer upon ben nevis we did not see one the dog we had with us kept a very sharp lookout and really languished for a bit of a worry i have said nothing yet of our getting on among the loose stones large and small sometimes on two sometimes on three sometimes four legs sometimes two and stick sometimes three and stick then four again then two then a jump so that we kept on ringing changes on foot hand stick jump boggle stumble foot hand foot very gingerly stick again and then again a game at all fours after all there was one mrs cameron of fifty years of age and the fattest woman in all inverness shire who got up this mountain some few years ago true she had her servants but then she had herself she ought to have hired sisyphus up the high hill he heaves a huge round mrs cameron tis said a little conversation took place between the mountain and the lady after taking a glass of whisky as she was tolerably seated at ease she thus begun mrs c upon my life sir nevis i am piqued that i have so far panted tugged and reeked to do an honour to your old bald pate and now i'm sitting on you just to bait without your paying me one compliment 
alas, tis so with all, when our intent is plain, and in the eye of all mankind we fair one show a preference too blind. You gentlemen immediately turn tail. Oh, let me then my hapless fate bewail. Ungrateful bald pate, have I not disdained the pleasant valleys? Have I not mad brain deserted all my pickles and preserves, my china closet too, with wretched nerves to boot? Say, wretched ingrate, have I not left my soft cushion chair and caudal port? Tis true I had no corns, no, thank the fates, my shoemaker was always Mr. Bates. And if not Mr. Bates, why, I'm not old, still dumb ungrateful nevis, still so cold. Here the lady took some more whiskey, and was putting even more to her lips, when she dashed it to the ground, for the mountain began to grumble, which continued for a few minutes before he thus began. Ben Nevis what whining bit of tongue in mouth thus dares disturb my slumber of a thousand years even so long my sleep has been secure and to be so awaked i'll not endure o oh, pain for since the eagle's earliest scream i've had a damned confounded ugly dream a nightmare sure what madam was it you it cannot be my old eyes are not true red crag my spectacles now let me see good heavens lady how the gemini did you get here oh i shall split my sides i shall earthquake sweet nevis do not quake for though i love your honest countenance all things above truly i should not like to be conveyed so far unto your bosom gentle maid loves not too rough a treatment gentle sir Pray thee be calm, and do not quake, nor stir, nor not a stone, or I shall go in fits. I must, I shall, I meet not such tit-bits, I meet not such sweet creatures every day. By my old nightcap, nightcap, night and day, I must have one sweet bus, I must and shall. Red Crag, what, madam, can you then repent of all the toil and vigour you have spent? to see ben nevis and to touch his nose red crag i say oh i must have them close red crag there lies beneath my furthest toe a vein of sulphur go dear red crag go and rub your flinty back against it budge dear madam i must kiss you faith i must i must embrace you with my dearest gust blockhead do ye hear blockhead i'll make her feel there lies beneath my east leg's northern heel a cave of young earth dragons well my boy go thither quick and so complete my joy take you a bundle of the largest pines and when the sun on fiercest phosphor shines fire them and ram them in the dragon's nest then will the dragons fry and fizz their best until ten thousand now no bigger than poor alligators poor things of one span will each one swell to twice ten times the size of northern whale then for the tender prize the moment then for then will red crag rub his flinty back and i shall kiss and snub and press my dainty morsel to my breast blockhead make haste o oh, muses weep the rest the lady fainted and he thought her dead so pulled the clouds again about his head and went to sleep again soon she was roused 
by her affrighted servants next day housed safe on the lowly ground she blessed her fate that fainting fit was not delayed too late but what surprises me above all is how this lady got down again i felt it horribly twas the most vile descent shook me all to pieces over leaf you will find a sonnet i wrote on the top of ben nevis we have just entered inverness i have three letters from you and one from fanny and one from dilk i would set about crossing this all over for you but i will first write to fanny and mrs wiley then i will begin another to you and not before because i think it better you should have this as soon as possible my sore throat is not quite well and i intend stopping here a few days read me a lesson muse and speak it loud upon the top of nevis blind in mist i look into the chasms and a shroud vaporous doth hide them just so much i wist mankind do know of hell i look o'erhead and there is sullen mist even so much mankind can tell of heaven mist is spread before the earth beneath me even such even so vague is man's sight of himself here are the craggy stones beneath my feet thus much i know that a poor witless elf i tread on them that all my eye doth meet is mist and crag not only on this height but in the world of thought and mental might good-bye till to-morrow your most affectionate brother john end of letter sixty four